Stephanie Francis. And I'm Lenny Kluge. We're two immigrants living in Chile, talking about Chilean news, cultural events, travel, business, and more. If you want to support our podcast, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. That's one word, www.patreon.com slash the Chile Today podcast. Bethany. How's your week gone? How are you? What's going on? You tell me everything. I want to know it all. Not much. There's Great. really not much going on these days. I've been working a lot on Chistora stuff and other stuff and odds and ends. And I really wish my life was a bit more exciting these days, but it really ain't. I feel like my life's too exciting. You want to outsource a few exciting things to me? Oh, I'll outsource some exciting things to you. Cool. How much you pay? I don't pay. Fuck. Okay, but I'll outsource some exciting <laughs> things to you if you want to take on some of my things in my life. Boy, yeah. I've, I am, you, I'll just give you my brother's yeah. number, and you can just talk to him for a while when he's going through some stuff. I'm good. With all respect to you, brother, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, um, you're missing out. <laughs> you're missing out. Some quality, some quality conversations going on there. All right. Well, you can um, send me an audio one of these days. Wait, what? An audio. Oh, I thought you said, send me something naughty one of these days. And I was like, no. Lenny. Oh, <laughs> my we goodness. We haven't to that stage yet. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, my oh goodness. Boy. That's a weird way to put that in there. Wait, Just what? That's what she direct, said? Direct, no punches held. <laughs> boom. Boom, boom. Okay, so uh, before we get to our news episode, we are going to bring you some events. So before we bring you your events, because I have no <laughs> – before we do that, before, before – let me tell you about the Patreon. So we now officially yes. have three levels in our Patreon. We have a $5 level, which gives you access to all of our tourist tips and discount tickets. So uh, discount or free tickets. Tourist tips are like uh, if you're traveling here or if you live here, best places to brunch, most authentic places or uh, to eat in Santiago, most um, popular places to eat in Santiago do you tip? Do you not tip? What conversations should you avoid? How? What application should you download? What is your name? All of these things are available at the $5 level. The $10 level, level gets you access to all of that, plus a Discord and some free merch. Yes. Yes, and access to ep early episodes. Now we have a new $20 level, which gives you access to all of those things, and you're going to get quarterly merch, so merch every quarter every three months basically and that's and this merch is different from the ten dollar level so it's exclusive merch just for the twenty dollar level you're getting access to all of those other things discord and you'll get live q a's or live videos of lenny me and pinguino doing different things entertaining you doing q a not doing anything you want let me just oh put yeah this out that, yeah it's not anything you want you can <laughs> request that we have the hundred dollar level yeah so. you can request things but uh, we, we can veto okay request and we veto anyway the the patreon's a really fun place to be and it if you are someone who like comes to our shows or wants to start coming i mean even if you come to one event it pays for itself so especially at the five dollar level so it's really it's really a good place to be so that's uh, patreon.com slash the chili today podcast so here are some events in which you'll get either discounts or free stuff at the first one is tell them about it lenny is we're gonna have another stand-up comedy show bilingual on July second it's bilingual as it's usually always bilingual but nevertheless a stand-up comedy show and we decided this time that we're gonna go back to the roots to the black rock pub where everything started well that's not quite true but you know 
Was back, back to our home. Our, yeah, the Black Rock Pub is our home. Our spiritual home, the Black Rock Pub in Providencia. It's a bit smaller of a venue, so if you want to come, make sure that you come you early. Come early, and you have seat. to have a mobility pass. You have to have a mobility pass because it's an inside venue. That's four doses. Or if you're from not from Chile, like or you don't lands. live Chile, that three doses. That's correct. So come early, have your mobility pass, grab a seat. Order some really good food. They got really good grub there. Grub. Yep. And beer. And beer and good stuff. And come enjoy the show. Have a few laughs. That's on July 2nd, which is a Saturday. And that's a Saturday. That's a Saturday. You get free entry. Cheerio if you're on our Patreon. Free entry. 3,000 pesos for the peasants. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going, to, I'm going to be telling jokes, and so is Pinguino. So if you've never met us, we'd love to meet you and say hi. I'm just going to be sitting there and judging you guys, and probably collect some cash the way as the thing's going. Okay, so our next event is July 7th. It's the horrible movie night, and I know you guys, it sounds horrible, but it's not. It's actually really fun. This month we're it has doing. It's a movie. It's a movie. Well, it's just it's really casual. It's a movie. We like sit back, relax. Um, it's not like you have to be super quiet or anything. The whole point of it is to like chit chat, make fun of the movie, you know, drink some Coca Colas, or if you're a beer person like I am, drink a beer. Um, this month, July seventh is when it is, and we're watching Dude Where's My Car because it is a horrible oh, movie, but it is also such a classic. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. What does your tattoo say, dude? Okay. Anyway, uh, what was the other one? Anyway, so we're gonna watch Dude Where's My Car, and that's also at the Black Rock. And if you are one of our special people who is a patron, you get a free beer when you come. So free first free beer is on us. And yes, what's, what's the next one? The next one is going to be the following week, and we're this is going to be a first. We're going to try out a new thing. We're going to organize a brunch. Brunch. Yes, a brunch. You've heard this here first. Um, yeah, what we're trying to do is just set up a little, you know, meetup for yeah. expats, for people curious about Chile, curious about Santiago. Wanting to practice come, their English if you're Chilean English, or whatever. Or Spanish if you're... American or from other lands, you want to meet people that have been living here for like 5, 10, 15 years, you can, because we're going to be there, you can talk to us, and, uh, and, oh God, you just threw me off. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> making faces at him. Making faces, right. No, but you can, like, if you want to know some little bit more about Santiago, life in Chile, you can come to us. Just want to make new friends. If you want to know me, about get, stuff, get things autograph. to do, if you want to know about things to do in Santiago, this is also like the place to be. We're going to tell you a little bit about upcoming things, not only Chistolas things, also also different things. And, you know, last but not least, there's going to be a kick-ass brunch. So what's yeah. to love about that? Everybody loves brunch. And um, the first five people to come to the brunch, the first five people that arrive, get a free beer. And if you're a patron on the Patreon, you get a free mimosa. Right. So if you're the friend, if you're a patron and you're one of the first yeah. five people, you're going to get smashed. Yeah. Or at least you're going to get a beer yeah. and a mimosa. Well, actually, not the first five people to arrive, the first five people to make a reservation. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. First five people to make a reservation. Yeah, exactly. Because, I didn't, you know, yeah, I didn't realize we were doing reservations till just now. Yeah, no, I think we need to make reservations because a lot of people want to come to that. Pending, pending, but we'll let you yeah, know. We're still hammering out a few details, yeah, but, but we're we'll going to post you know. the event on our Chistolas um, and also page on, and on Chile Today podcast. So you'll know media. all the info. We're, as soon as we get it all hammered out, we're going to post it up there. But, yep, start getting excited about it because it's going to be pretty Either rad. way, yes or yes, if you're a patron, you're getting a free mimosa. Yes, sir. Yes. 
So the last event, our most popular event of the month, this is on July 23rd, and that is the Bilingual Trivia Night, or a pub quiz, as people from Europe like to say. <laughs> it's bilingual. There are rounds in English and Spanish. It's super, super popular, um, and because it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a real it's a real good time. It's a root and tootin' good time, as I like to say. <laughs> it's a root and tootin' good time. Right. So in this, you can get... It's a hoot and for hoedown. It's, a, it's definitely a hoot and annie. It's a hoot and a half. Um, so you can get friends, of, and you can do a team of up to four people. We have rounds in English and Spanish. Each round you can win a prize. If you're not that great at English, if you're not that great at Spanish, that's okay because we will repeat questions for you in whichever language of the two, not German, unless you ask Lenny, then maybe he'll do German. And it's really fun. Try. For the whole team, it is 10000 for the whole team. It's 2500 of a discount if you're a patron. And uh, if you don't have a team because you're alone and you're new to the city or you're just traveling through, that's okay. There's usually a team that's searching for an extra person. So come on and uh, come down there and we'll get you hooked up and you'll get to meet people. And where is it going to be? It's going to be at the Black Rock and it's on July 23rd. Like everything else this month. (laughs) Normally we have things going on in different places, but. Which doesn't um, mean we love the other places. Like we don't love the other places anymore, but like we just decided to go all in. Yeah, I mean, it's. it's, you know, it's a it's an independent business. We know the owner. You know, it's a small business. It's a BME, as they say. So you know, we like to do things and support uh, the little guys, and that's this why we a go great there. Place. It's also just it's really nice. It's got really good beer. You know, we wouldn't drag you guys to something that you know would would not yeah, be please. good. We got standards. I have standards. Yeah. I don't know about you, but well, anyway, more standards. <laughs> <laughs> those are our events for the upcoming month. We hope to see you guys there. Um, like I said, you know, with all of these events coming up, if you join the Patreon, you're actually going to be making money. <laughs> like you're going to be <laughs> like not making money, but you're going to be not spending money, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, become a patron, become rich. Become a patron and get get rich quick. And it just also like helps to support us in um, what we're doing, trying to buy equipment or just like getting different things together. Um, and anyway, so we love you guys. We want to meet you and see what's what you're all about since you, you know what we're all about. So here we go. Lenny, show me your nudes. I, get, <laughs> I was under the impression. I just thought for a second that you said nudes. but I did. I'm, okay, I was just trying to throw your line here, but okay, fine. <laughs> I meant news. News, of course. Well, we're going to start, as usual, with your favorite news section, which is the COVID-19 update. Yeah, you're probably going to hate hearing about this by now, but it's still going on. I mean, if you're planning to travel to Chile, it might be, you know, it it might be good to be abreast (laughs) of the situation. (laughs) Of what's going on, if things are increasing, decreasing. We are in legit winter right now. Oh, yes. Winter has came, as Nerard Stark predicted. (laughs) That's what, wait. Absolutely, yes. It's one of those days. One of those days. So, COVID-19. Now, day of the recording is Friday, June 23rd. As of today, we are having... It's the 24th, bro. Yes, the 24th, because I live in the past. I just forgot to correct that number, so that's what I meant to say. Friday, June 24th. (laughs) And as of today, we have uh, 10,834 new cases with a positivity rate of 17.28%. Jesus! Last time we did a news section, that was about a month ago, I checked it was at 10.19. Now, it's quite a bit more, but it seems to be leveling out. Yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. checking. The curve the, is... Uh, yeah, the curve is flat. It's not, it's not, it's not... It's not it's going not down. It's not at the breaking point yet, but it's flattening. Flatten that curve. Yeah, now the, Sit the, on it. 
the problem right now is that the available critical uh, well it's not a problem yet but the available critical ICU beds are right now at 227 which actually between yesterday and today was quite a big leap because before that it was around 270 280 right. and right. The, the days and even weeks before that it didn't fluctuate a lot I don't know what happened between yesterday and today but it was quite quite the jump but still we're not in dire straits when it comes to ICU capacity so you know it's all good still right but however also however there are right now or as of yesterday at least 192 people with COVID-19 in the ICU right now not in the critical beds but in the ICU as such which is actually the highest number since May 5th so that's not good no but also I mean not not this is not related to COVID but this is related to illnesses we have seen and there's going to be I'm sure more research on this an incredible increase in illnesses not necessarily COVID-19 mm-hmm. related in small children And a lot of people are theorizing that this is because a lot of those children who are now toddlers born during COVID or very close to the beginning of COVID, staying inside, not seeing a lot of other kids, you know, not getting a lot of the immunity that they need. Now they're going to preschool and suddenly they're just getting sick left and right. And then illnesses that would have been very easy for like a healthy child to fight off. Is, are now becoming very severe. So the ICU also has a lot of children in it right now. Yep, and, that's a different um, ICU. Yeah, like yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but still, I mean, there. if you don't think there's going to be overflow, there definitely will yeah. be. Um, so they're also, dis- they decided to, like, give children a little longer vacations because of such. Yes. So it's, um, yep. so if you're planning on traveling with small children, maybe that's influences you. I, I, I don't know. Um, influences you? Yeah, but uh, you know, I was wondering Thank why you. this wasn't happening in the U.S. And I guess it's because because we have been so isolated. Because we did isolate much yeah. more than the U.S. at least, much more than most countries. Um, that the little kids really have yeah. had no exposure to other kids, or at least not in um in a large sense. Maybe right. one cousin or two cousins or something like that, yeah. or the kids in their apartment buildings, but not not yeah. in any of this and if, big you know, scale. If you've ever met a toddler, if you've ever had a hot beverage with a toddler and a nice little conversation with a toddler, sat down with a toddler for like a, an hour and a half, you would know that, you know... They stick their hands in their mouths, it, they, they, they get their butts. They left and right. I mean, yeah, I don't I mean, have just kids on myself, kid. but I have a lot of friends that have like kids, or had kids, and it's just like the first couple of years, just like, oh, your kid is not sick. That's 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 a day to celebrate. Congrats. You know, because that's what kids do. Yeah. And, you know, of course, for that, they need, you know, exposure to germs and shit like that. And then, I mean, there's Mother Nature had an idea when they built toddlers like that. They need to get sick in these early stages to develop a functioning immune system. And that's not given right now. So that's the right. problem there. So it's been an interesting effect of COVID for a lot of really young children who've never been exposed to, I mean, not only other children, but just the world, right? Like, yeah. and Things that children touch are disgusting because children are kind of disgusting. Um, with all respect, no offense, children, to all the children to, who listen to, to this podcast. To all the toddlers that are listening to this. Yeah, some of my best friends are children, I swear. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so sure. I just wanted to That's throw... That's not even a joke, man. <laughs> just They're like 40, that. but still children. <laughs> that sounds really bad, especially with my next news thing, but... Yep. <laughs> So, so keep going. Sorry. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's bad enough. The other bad thing is also right now that people don't really take the vaccination campaign all that serious anymore, as it seems. On May 31st, uh, of all newspapers, Las Ultimas Noticias, which is like the local tabloid news here, they found that 2,174 school classes have fewer than 80% of the students completely vaccinated. 
which means that as of the beginning of June, they have to start implementing a hybrid teaching scheme, meaning that part of the students will have to log into the classroom from their home computer and taking turns with the other students. Right, you know? because you can't go to school if it, you're not completely yeah, vaccinated. 2,174 classes. A lot. <laughs> I don't know the percentage there, but it's a lot. Just a day later, June 1st, and I think we talked about this on the last news episode, 1.8 million mobility passes were blocked because the holders were not up to date with the vaccination regime. Mm -hmm. Regime. Regime. Regimen. Regimen. Well, <laughs> I like to keep the... Vaccination well, like <laughs> The German over here. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a coup d'etat, man. It's like the vaccination dictatorship. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> man, this is so many layers to unwrap here. So about 10 days later, on June 10th, the iCOVID workgroup revealed that vaccination among the population has fallen by 22% since March, which means that we're currently at an effective vaccination rate of 59.6%, or even less by now, because that news is like two weeks old. So, uh, And then it's interesting that. because what ends up happening a lot of times is people find this out, like comes public, and then there's a big, like, big rush to get vaccines. And then there's not enough vaccines, so people start bitching about it. They're like, where is all the vaccines? And it's like, bro, they only, only have... to wait around for two hours. Yeah, like, and it's like, just go get your vaccine. You can schedule it. Just go get your vaccine. Yeah. Choose a wise thing. Don't wait till now. I mean, like, we do a lot of events. Like, we're part of the Chistolos, which is like an event planning group and comedy group. And we had a team that had a reservation for a very popular pub quiz that, and there were people from the team that had to get turned away because they were not up to date with their vaccines. Did that happen last time? It happened last oh, time, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. And so the, this, these people left their one person high and dry who still wanted to play. Luckily, that you know, of course, like we said, you can come alone. And so this person ended up like, you know, going into a new team, meeting some new people, and I, they looked like they were friends by the end of it, drinking beers together. They won a prize, so there Actually, you I heard go. from them. I heard from them. They got married yesterday. They got married. They're all it's pregnant so now. And it's, yeah. Jesus. Yep. I wouldn't is, doubt it. This is what all happens when you come to Chistola's events, man. <laughs> you get, you get married hey, and pregnant. Look, I met my fiancé at a Chistola's event. True that. So yeah. there you go. Indeed, indeed. Right there. Right. Meet right. the love of your life. Since we're already talking about good news... So, beginning of this month, the government announced that the validation of foreign vaccination certificates will take no longer than 48 hours. Now, if you're planning on traveling to Chile, perk up, because this is important. They said it will take no longer than 48 hours. Children under 18 years of age are exempted from that process, as long as they are accompanied by their parents that hold a valid certificate. The government, the idea behind this is that the government expedited this process with the end of reactivating the tourism sector. Now, right. if for some reason the validation takes more than 48 hours, tourists can now request a temporary mobility pass that lasts for 96 hours, oh, which is nice. also a good thing. If the validation request is rejected, you have the possibility to do a PCR, which then can be used in lieu of the mobility pass, as long as the result is no longer than no older than 48, ah, 24 hours. Sure. Which I don't know if they meant 24 hours by the time you get it or by the time you took it, because that's a very tight thing. Because I mean, a lot of tests still take up to you know, eight to sixteen hours, so you got like right. a window of a couple of hours. I'm assuming it's from. I hope so. From. Yeah, but yeah. So that's the thing now. The result of the validation process, that, that's actually the interesting part about this, which I found interesting, is that the result of the validation process will not affect the, valid the validity of the temporary mobility pass. Now, 
thinking about it, wouldn't that mean, I mean, not that I would go through any such length, but wouldn't that mean that I could, like, for example, upload my grandmother's apple pie recipe, <laughs> hope that they won't get around to checking it within the first 48 hours and then get a mobility pass, a temporary mobility pass? Like, I mean, I could be, like, knowing Chile, that'd probably work. Yep. Don't you know, do I mean, it. Get un- your vaccine. Unlikely that people go through the hassle, especially if they're coming from abroad. But, you know, Chileans might actually do that. And, you know, speaking of this, speaking of using a negative PCR result as a substitute for the mobility pass, in mid-June, the government has come under heavy fire, among others from the Colmet, the medical college, by considering expanding this uh, exception from tourists to the general population, which is Chileans. Okay. The Colmet criticized that they were not consulted about this change beforehand and are worried that this might send the wrong signals. The president of the Chilean Gastronomy Association also criticized this measure, but he actually went the other way, which was interesting. He said that, you know, people wouldn't go through the hassle of taking a PCR test just to go to the restaurant. But, you know, then he dropped the other shoe and he said that he was actually hoping that the government would soon do away with the whole mobility pass scheme altogether and look for other means to incentivize vaccination, which is like... Okay, you started off on the right foot there, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard, right? I mean, honestly, I feel like the mobility passes have been working as far as, like, that's mm-hmm. been a big motivator for people to get um, to get their vaccines. I think that uh, it, it is winter. It's, people are going out less. Yep. Um, and if they are... More. Yeah, and just, you know, staying in, chillings don't like weather. And, <laughs> like in general. I mean, they just in general don't like is cold, there, is, wet is there weather. weather outside? No, I'm not going. Yet. Cold, wet weather. It needs to be a nice, balmy, balmy weather. Between 2025. 20, yeah, for them to go out. Um, and so, you know, uh, and carretear and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I mean, from what I know about Chileans, they're more likely to go to a house party in the winter than they are to go out to a restaurant. But... Um, I also wanted to mention that, so for people living in Chile, for people who are residents in Chile, you have to have your four doses for foreigners. That's three doses. Four doses for foreigners? Yeah. Three doses for foreigners. Four doses for folks that aren't foreigners. (laughs) Um, but as is the case with somebody that I know here, they came here with their like 90 day tourist visa Mm -hmm. and their two dose expired while they were here. So make, yeah. So they no longer have a mobility pass. They are locked away. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what you can do at that point because it's like their thingy thingy is expired, but they're still legally allowed to be in Chile. They're so, probably not allowed to go into restaurants anymore. Yeah, no. And yeah. so, um, I don't know. I, I don't know where we are as far as, like, giving yeah. vaccines to people who aren't residents here. Yeah, so no, I, can't I don't give have you an answer info. for this one either right now. You know? But what I info. can tell you that apparently, but actually I can tell you that because I haven't really found out much about this whole thing either. This, this whole idea of using a negative P, negative PCR test result as a substitute. I guess that person could do that. Yeah, I'm not really sure if that's a thing or not because I was actually looking for it. I mean, granted, I didn't spend an hour like, you know, searching for it, but I just did a quick Google search and there was really nothing. Like the only site that actually came up with some information that wasn't older than like a week or two was... Um, uh, Chile Atiende, which is anywho, in other potentially good news, uh, a little more than two weeks ago, a, a group of epidi- epidemiologists, say that ten times when you're drunk, uh, the Universidad de Santiago predicted that we'll reach the peak of this fifth wave in two weeks, which would be around this, the time of this right. recording. This observation was based on the development of the R number, which is the factor by which R. It's the pirate uh, factor. Which is the factor by I mean, which we the, do like the pirate, things the pirate spreads. I mean, the virus spreads from person to person. 
and while it was um, while it was still above one, which it, which which means that one person on average still spreads the virus to more than one other person, the R number lately has slowly been falling. I actually checked just before I came here, and as of yesterday, the R number has been under one for the first time since early May. So yay! Yay! yay. So it stays that way. Now, as we already um, established, winter has officially come, and unfortunately, COVID is not the only problem right now. You know, I'm not even talking about the monkeypox because even though we uh, already have a few confirmed it. cases here in Chile, but what really puts a strain on the healthcare network right now is the search of. We don't the, even have that many monkeys. Yeah, we don't even have. To, I don't know what people are so worried <laughs> Why about. Why are they you know? worried? So yeah, what really puts a strain on the healthcare network right now is the search of the of the respiratory. Uh, you gotta help me with the pronunciation here. Syncytial virus is that how it's pronounced? Uh, okay, so which is the virus that you just talked about before? Exactly, well, the ones that little kids get, yeah, and it's exactly. really really dangerous for. It's related it's, to whooping cough. I can tell you that because oh, okay, I just gotcha. looked it up. It's very similar to whooping cough, which I know a lot of people who speak English know what it is. It's a it's a, it's a respiratory infection yeah. that's really dangerous for small children. Exactly, only English speaking people. Well, I just. I just talked to a friend who has a baby, and she was like, oh, I have to ask. She was really, really scared. Her baby's like three weeks old. Yeah. And, um, and she was telling me what that virus was, and I was like, whooping cough? And she was like, no, 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 not whooping cough. And like, then I looked it up. What? I looked it up, and it's similar. It's a similar, similar respiratory gotcha, yeah. cough situation. Right. So, so as you said, like this is a virus that affects chiefly children under the age of five and leaving them with a fever of like 38 0.5 Celsius or 1.1.3 Fahrenheit or more. Now, added to that, we have, of course, also other respiratory diseases such as COVID, might have heard of, uh, the flu, the common flu, which is also, I think, can also classified as a, as a respiratory di disease, mm -hmm. which has contributed to a near here. collapse to the, of the pediatric intensive care units. Which right. You also you, and said, remember, you, know, you can still get your yeah. flu vaccine here. I think it costs 8,000 pesos in most places yeah. to and get I your flu if vaccine. You, if, you be, if you belong to a risk group, which means that you have like immune, immunocompromised, if you're o overweight, right. if you have heart problems, whatever, you can get it for free, I think. Yeah. And I think people with uh, certain types of insurance can also yeah, get it for exactly. free. Just inquire at your local. <laughs> inquire, yeah. Send the Inquisition. Um, so right now the the pediatric intensive care units are right now with an occupation of ninety two percent. So they are very close to yeah, collapse. Yeah, which right is what now. we were talking yeah, about earlier. Exactly. Now as a countermeasure, I think you mentioned that too. The Ministry of Education has decided to add another week to the front end of the win winter vacations, in fourteen of the country's sixteen regions. Now, okay, I send Magianis sit down, chill out because they already had three three weeks to begin with. Right, because, because they're super they're fucking cold and they don't want <laughs> to dark and everything. <laughs> so children in these regions will now have three instead of four weeks, instead of Wait. two weeks. Sorry, instead of two <laughs> weeks, exactly. You're screwed. They will Math. now have three instead of two weeks of vacation, and they will start on June. They will start the vacation on June 30th, with a return to classes planned on July 25th. Now the reasoning behind this is that kids will stay home and reduce contacts with their peers at school, of course, and also because it's winter, people are unlikely to mingle as much as they would during summertime. Now it has to be noted that the meals provided by the Juanep, uh, which is a state institution. Juanep. Yeah, Juanep. Juanep Nizer. Juanep, no Juanep. I always mix it up. The Juanep, Juanep, Dios mío. Dear God. Their service, the meals provided for by the Junaep for students in need will still be provided during this extra week of vacation. So, you know, if 
you Did are. Did you say Vik? This extra Vik. The Vik, extra Vik. I don't know. This is the more I speak English, the more I fall back into my German accent. Yeah. So if you are a family in need, you can provide your children with a proper meal. Sure. And this right, because throws a wrench or a winch <laughs> in your plan. <laughs> That's going to be like a repeating yeah, thing, Yeah, it's going to be it? a thing right now. So you can still take them to the Hunaib and get them well fed. Right. Now, also, an important thing to know for parents is that during this extra extra week of <laughs> extra week of vacation, their employers are obliged to let them work from home. Good. It's, I was actually going to ask as that. As long as there are like three conditions here. The nature of the job allows for teleworking, of course, you know. I mean, if you work on a construction site, it might be a little difficult. B, at least one of the children is younger than 12 years of age or they are the caregiver to a disabled person. Okay. Or can I still say disabled these days? Yes, yes, sure. sure. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. So, yep. Okay, and last piece of news uh, when it comes to COVID right now is a scandal has been uncovered. Scandal? Yeah, by an investigation, investigative unit of the news outlet Bio Bio, because it turns out that the Minsal, the Ministry of Salute, the Health Ministry, has been vastly underreporting daily cases, up to 2,000 daily cases. Jesus, again? This, yeah, this was because for some reason, this is like the weirdest thing ever, this was because for some reason the cases that came in after the cutoff for the daily report of the ministry were mm. not considered in the report for the following day. But they were just like ignored. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the min not, not quite ignored because the ministry said that they were actually adding those numbers to the total accumulated cases, but for some reason they didn't add it to the daily cases, which is the weirdest thing ever. It's like if you're doing that already, might as well just add it to the daily. What's, what, what's, the, what's the big idea? Now, And I guess they didn't in, say why they were doing that. Yeah, well, yeah, they did. Oh, they had an excuse. Because well, Look, like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter, to be honest, because... The results that are not being included are positive as well as negative results, which means that it's unlikely right. to impact the positivity rate or the sure. R number. So, and also considering that the actual number of COVID infections are about and is somebody to looking at the COVID infections and going like are, ah! know, you know. and like being like that that if that was one thousand more, I would actually go get my vaccine. But because well, it's uh, 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 no, actually look. So the, the government argues that people usually look at the positivity rate and the tendencies, and not so much at the daily numbers. I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that either. I'm, I'm I pretty much that. just look at that big number at the top yeah. of the screen. Okay, that's like, like 10,000. I'm I like, mean, oh, I look shit. at that too. I look mostly at the positivity rate, but it's yeah, but more you're weird. Half, it has more of an impact. I know that, but and I take pride in that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the number, the daily cases has more of an impact. And actually, a few experts that they interviewed there, they said that the risk perception of the people changes when seeing 8,000 cases as opposed to, let's say, 10,000 cases. It's a different thing, you know? Yeah, okay, that makes and sense. And another point that was made... Psychology. Another point that was made was that uh, this revelation could also undermine the government's credibility and make people doubt in the veracity of the information, which That's then true. again could lead to risky behavior. So, not cool. Oh, Report speaking of numbers. risky behavior, you know what I heard? Here's some cheese news for you. Oh, boy. So, okay, so... One of my really good friends, uh, they're going to be redacted from this because I don't want this person to get in trouble. Oh, you mean Beep? Yeah, Beep. <laughs> uh, so Beep was sort of teleworking for a while for, like, different reasons. Oh, I know Beep. You know Beep? Yep. Um, so, Hi, Beep. So Beep, Beep was teleworking. Teleworking? What? Uh, teleworking for a while, <laughs> like telemarketing and tele... Okay, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I got you. While she was teleworking, one of the big bosses from her job had, like, severe symptoms, cough, blah, 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 was still going to the office, 
and was like, no, no, no. Did not take a PCR and was like, no, 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 no. I'm totally fine. Everything's fine. It's just a cold, which I feel like a lot of Chileans are doing mm-hmm. now. Because it's winter and Chileans somehow think when it gets cold, that's what causes colds. I'm like, no, yeah. it's that's not what causes colds. Leave me alone about me not wearing shoes when it's perfectly toasty in my apartment. Um, and she had COVID. This this boss had COVID and like gave it to like basically the entire office. Sometimes. And um, I'm like, that is so incredibly irresponsible. Like, just if you've got symptoms of COVID. Take a PCR. Stay home. Take a PCR. Get your results, and then go back to being a weird asshole boss. Like just or just great. Take the PCR uh, first. You know what? If you're listening to this, you're a good boss. Subscribe to our Patreon. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's our. But I was level. just like, I can't. Like, and she was my friend. Was really lucky that she happened to be like teleworking from home at the time. Like, or she would have gotten COVID like everybody else in her office. And um, and actually, it like uh, the COVID. Uh, affected more the like the staff like the secretaries because they're the ones that are running in and out mm-hmm. of the yeah. bosses places and so they got more they got sick while some of the other like higher ups didn't get sick they have their own offices they have their own space and everything and so yeah it's pretty sad yeah. so just be yeah. responsible people like the pandemic's not just over i know i know seriously. we like to and we like to think that but it's really not like have a good time um but if you start running symptoms just you know, go home, take a rapid test. If it's positive, stay the fuck home. If it's not, continue your life as usual. But, like, get your vaccines, do your thingy, you know? Yep, yep. All right, that's all that I have for COVID now. Okay, so one of the big news items um, in Chile, if you're living here, that you know, but if you're not living here, you might not know. So, um, Codelco, which is the Chilean state mining company, is very big to the Chilean economy, um, has been having some problems. So it's the largest producer of copper in the world, and there have been protests against the government because of the closing of certain um, um, what? foundries. Foundries. It says foundry, but I'm trying to find a word that's less weird. Like certain uh, processing, processing smell, plants, right? Place. Processing plants, and there's a reason, and it's it, it's used it's to curb pollution because these places where these plants are have been negatively affecting directly affecting the health of the people who live in these places. They're actually called sacrifice zones, uh, and, and, and the whole environment. I mean, the environment, yeah, but also like the human people that live yeah, there, right. just like anyway. Um, so, um, Boric made the decision to shut down two of these plants of Codelco um, in order to... Was it two? I thought it was just one. Two. Oh, okay. Two. Um, in order to uh, curb this pollution problem and to help with the human people that are being <laughs> affected. <laughs> the human people. Yeah. So, um, so, there was at least 18 people who were arrested for a strike that began on Wednesday the 22nd. Arrested? Because they were arrested. Striking. Yeah. That's not cool. I don't think they were arrested for striking. I think they were arrested, like, in relationship to what they did during the strike. Gotcha. Um, Because they were striking against, like, the closure of these these foundries. So um, they gathered, this on the 22nd, they gathered at six mining facilities around the country. So, like, more than just the ones that shut down. Like, all of the Kodoko was going to go on strike. Blocking the entrances and setting tires on fire. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Can't go wrong there. <laughs> Can't go wrong there. Um, so the Ventanas Foundry, which is yeah. the one of the ones that closed, was one where the biggest strike uh, was. 
And it was shut down after, as we were saying, um, poisonings in the area, specifically of sulfur dioxide. Well, doesn't yeah. sound healthy at all. No. I mean, there were a lot of people that were, like, getting going to the hospital. It was bad. So the union officials have described the closure of the foundries located about uh, 87 miles or 140 kilometers west of Santiago as arbitrary and are demanding the government invest $54 million to bring the plant up to the highest environmental standards. So basically, they don't want it closed down. They just want to, like raise it to an, a good environmental standard only yeah. there's certain like very real reasons why that can't happen with certain types of certain types of mining plants like they just don't have the ability to do that you can't like just change it it'd be easier to just build another plant somewhere else um it just and also this has been sort of in the works for a very long time like the closure of ventanas has been oh. being talked about for so long like they weren't blindsided by it they, they no this coming. is not something that's new and um Boric has promised to protect the environment yeah i've heard about that yeah and so it's just and, not and, oh, i'm sorry the environment but also like the, the workers thing. yeah he's been talking about the closure of ventanas since he got elected so this is not a surprise to anybody just the fact that it actually happened so the union leader said that the strike um, was paralyzing Codelco, although the finance minister, Mario Marcel, minimized the effect, saying that it has altered production but not shut down operations, which is important because, like I said, Codelco is a giant mining um, mining industry, not only in Chile but in the world. It's also state-owned, so it affects everyday Chileans. Yep. But um, Mario Marcel, smart finance minister man, was like, no, it's going to alter it, but it's not going to shut down operations. He says that there is no stoppage of mining sites. Um, therefore, the impact on the financial income is basically zero. Um, as somebody who is marrying somebody who works in the mining industry, there has been very little to no effects on on the copper industry since the closures, except for just, like, annoying, like, different small things. Like, shifts, right? Shifts in, like, investments. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh so the Federation of Copper Workers, FTC, which is an umbrella group of Codelco un- unions, said that 50,000 workers were expected to strike, including staff and contractors, after the Ventana smelter shut down um, def- despite calls to keep it open. Uh, we already have all divisions stopped today, Amador Pantoja, the union's president, told Routers. We're going to wait calmly in the morning to talk and see if there's a chance to talk. The FTC has said that the strike will cost Codelco, which produces approximately 8% of the world's copper, um, amounting to 10 to 15% of Chile's GDP, $20 million a day. So actually, we're losing more money on the strikes than we would if it was shut down. Because the thing is, it's not shut down immediately. The plan was to shut it down progressively over several months. Um, So the decision to close was followed by an incident on June 7th when 115 people, mostly school children, suffered sulfur dioxide poisoning, forcing the closure of schools in the area. Yes, you do. Right. So the thing that made a lot of people mad and, like, really forced Boric's hand was what they did was they were like, so instead of shutting down the mine, we're shutting down the schools. And he was like, you don't do that. The plant, you mean? Right, right, not the mine, the plant, and the 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 foundry, and and it was like, no, this is not okay. (laughs) That's not the thing that you do. You don't shut down the schools because children are getting sick because of the plant. You shut down the plant because children are getting sick. Shut down the kids. Right, (laughs) you just shut the kids down. Um, And so, yeah, that was really bad. So Greenpeace, controversial group, I understand, described the area around Ventana's plant as Chile Chernobyl, (laughs) which I think calmed down a little bit. Like, okay, you know what I mean. 
Oh, it's about a screenplay. Following a serious Leo incident. doesn't seem to agree here. <laughs> so, this is not the first incident that happened. Again, as we were saying, this is not the first time that Ventanas and this, this Codelco plant has been in trouble. In 2018, about 600 people in the city of Quintero in the town of Puncha Cavi received medical treatment for symptoms including vomiting blood, headaches, dizziness, paralysis of their extremities, and strained red marks on children's skin all connected to the plant. Okay, so, the area, home to about 50,000 people, has suffered high pollution since the government in 1958 moved to convert it into an industrial center that is now host to four cold-fired power stations such as oil and copper refineries. And again, we are, as a country, trying to get away from oil as well. So, President Boric, about a week ago, um, was... He's, it says decried Chilean's record on polluting the environment, and he said we don't want any more areas of environmental sacrifices because these are called sacrifice zones. <laughs> That's like literally what they call name. them. But it is. Like, it's, like, can, I mean, it's like yes, it's like it's like fuck you guys. We're gonna produce it and get over it. I just, I just like, wonder it's like, like what, super what bad. government like consultant has come up with this name. Just like let's let's come up with something that really doesn't sound so bad. How about sacrifice, sacrifice areas? I was like, yeah, that sounds great. You just know if you're going there, you're going to be sacrificed for the greater good of yeah, copper. Just bring a goat, you know. So, yeah, the, the greater good of copper, hashtag. Copper gods. Uh, the copper gods. So um, he also said there are now hundreds of thousands of people who live in our country exposed to severe degradation of in the environment that we have provoked or allowed. And as a Chilean, that makes me feel ashamed. So um, on this past Wednesday... Uh, the government spokeswoman, Camila Vallejo, uh, said Santiago remains open to dialogue, but that it was focused on a, quote, a more substantial model of development. Um, our standards are very low, and if we truly want to meet our environmental commitment, we have to be guided by the World Health Organization. Okay, so, updates. The strike is now over. It only lasted, like, less than a day. Impressive. So... <laughs> It was pretty um, impressive. So Codelco agreed on Thursday. So the strikes began on Wednesday, and then on the following Thursday, the day later, they ended the strikes. Um, the the work, the FTC, as I was saying, um, claimed that they're going to stop all organized strikes. Um, and it says, we've determined as a council to inform the president of unions to lift the strike. And that was, again, Pantoja and he cited progress made during talks with management. That's all they said. Yeah, I, I, I got I got an inkling that this has something to do with you got a tingle. Uh, uh, yeah, that with the change in the law that Mario Marcel actually pushed through the next day, because he, they decided that as for going 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 on going forth, thirty <laughs> percent of Codelco's um, profit will be directly reinvested into the company. Yeah. Yeah, which is like I mean, that happened the same day that the strike stopped because before it was just like 100% to the government and then the government was like, okay, we're going to just like we're gonna distribute it where we say fit. And they were like, no, no, no. Now like 30% of this whole thing of the of the cake is going to go back to Codelco and you're going to decide how where to, to put that money. I mean, of course, like modernize these things. So maybe that had something to do with it. Which is know? smart, right? Because ultimately profits from Codelco do go back into Chile. Right. You know? So it's just a smart move. Marcel is not a dumb guy. No, We've talked about this. No. If you want to go listen to um, talking about the Cabinet of Boric episode we have, right and left both recognize the his... Boric sounds like a Boric's cabinet. Movie. The Cabinet, the cabinet of, of Boric. Boric. <laughs> the spectrum of communism, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Democratic socialist. But 
Um, yeah. So yeah. The, yeah, that was that was the drama last right. week, and the drama didn't last as long, but it was a little bit of a drama last week. I think just just one more, one more thing. I think one thing that complicated this whole thing a little bit is that I've read somewhere that they would actually have to change the constitution for this whole thing because, according to the current constitution, for some reason, the only place like Ventanas is like the only foundry that is legally allowed to smell copper ore. I don't know why that is. I don't, I've not heard like, this. I've, I've read about this, like they would have to change the, if not the constitution, then a couple of laws, but like they can't legally smell, process copper ore anywhere else, which is like, which is insane because like you got other, found, I mean, why not? And Boric was also like, hey guys, you're not gonna lose your jobs. Like, Yeah, he, like, he also said he was gonna like, <laughs> make sure the people of we, these places right, were but protected. But we need to change this law first to get you back on the job right now because right now we can't do it, you know? Which is also a smart incentive to get the new constitution yeah. approved. Politics. Right, yeah. But, you know, I mean, in a way, it wasn't the best moment. Right now we're, like, in a period of very, I know, very, but you can't, like, you can't ignore, like, if Boric is going, if Boric literally just was in the U.S. and Canada talking about mm -hmm. environmental, like, problems, he can't just come back to Chile, let all these children get sick while actively, like, and then be like, well, I'll just wait till the Constitution gets passed. Like, you got to put your money where your mouth is, you know? Yeah, I but I don't think it was really in the public's eye before he brought it up. I mean... But that, but again, you have to be responsible as no, a no, president, I mean, right? I don't disagree And I mean, we're, we're like seven, like seven seconds away from the vote, so we'll yeah, figure it out. And by that time, again, because it's a gradual shutdown, right. it probably won't even be fully shut down by the time the vote happens. Well, you know what they say, when se cierra una ventana... <laughs> when God closes the door, somewhere he opens a window. Yeah. Okay. What do you got for me? I got things. You're in town called Puertas. Puertas? Yeah, probably. Yeah. They're going to like put a new foundry there. Dude, we have a fucking town called Yayay. Right. So, yeah. So, I got a. Maipu. I got a, I got a mini scandal. I got a gaff for you. Ooh, ooh. So, Irina Caramanos, you know? Ooh, the, the country's, okay, yeah. The country's the first, first lady, the first even though she doesn't really wants to be called that. Because her, okay, she, so if you don't know, Boric yeah. has a girlfriend. They're not married, but she's the first lady-ish, sort of. Exactly. And she was in the center of a small scandal this week involving the redefinition of her position as, say, life partner of the president. Let's put it like that. Nice. I like it. The... Administrative Office of the Presidency issued a resolution in which it defined the function function of her future office with a focus on, and I quote, badly translated, identifying, proposing, and coordinating the strategic direction of public policies with the objective to eradicate inequality and discrimination of historically excluded groups with a cross-sectional focus on human rights and gender issues. That is a mouthful. Mm -hmm. So one point of criticism was that some of the functions outlined in this resolution are actually in direct conflict with other ministries, such sure. as the Ministry of, for Women and Gender Equality or the Ministry of Social Development, so you don't want to step on each other's toes. Right. And, and also, she hasn't been voted to be in her position. Yeah, She that's just true. is fucking the president. Right. I mean... <laughs> Wow. I mean, <laughs> I mean hey, in, an honorable Boric position to be sure. Like, right. come on. Like, who hasn't fantasized about Boric? Me, who has? Me. Okay. Am I the only one at this table? Who's fantasizing about Boric? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. I'm the yeah, only okay, straight yeah, woman at this table. So. <laughs> right. You know, but I mean, it's nothing new here. I mean, first ladies always had like sort of, they were always working 
No, no, no. I'm, I, I understand that. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. But it's like, yeah. So you know. that was one point of criticism. The other one was that... She didn't want the job. I'll take it. This, <laughs> the other one was that this job, this position will apparently not be subjected to the oversight of the Office of the Comptroller General of the Republic or the General Accounting Office sure. if you're not from the UK, which is basically an auditor whose function it is to make sure that everything that the government institutions do are above board, legally as well as financially. But actually, the little misstep that caused the by far the biggest media attention and the most memes <laughs> was the name change from Cabinet of the First Lady to Cabinet of Irina Karamanos. Nice. Yeah. Now, okay, I can see where that where, she, oh, I mean, where they, this comes from because since, as you mentioned, like at the top of this, especially President Boric has been very adamant from the start to treat his partner as like a person of their own right and not just as an accessory to the president. Sure. Like, I think he famously once said, like, she's not my girlfriend, she is Irina Karamanos, that's her name, which is like everybody was just Exactly. Like, because know, at, the, yeah, at the beginning of the, th everybody, like, right when he got elected, everybody was like, yeah. who is it in it? Who is it in it? Who is it? Like, everybody yeah, who's, was being, who's this, who's that yeah, girl? Who's, like, who's that girl? Yeah. Who, who's the girlfriend? Like, all mm -hmm. of the titles were like, who is the girlfriend of the president? Yeah. Who is this woman? Who is da, da 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 And he got, like, upset and he was like, look, she's not just the girlfriend of the president, she's an established accomplished woman yeah, in her own right. I think she is, you know. Yeah, she's done she, shit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> she done shit. She's done him, so she's done. <laughs> she's done, done things. I mean, I'm assuming that he's not asexual. From what I've heard from my friends who know him, he's not. So Okay, well, I'm really curious. Yes, but, but asexual, yeah. no. <laughs> so yeah, so that was the biggest thing that really garnered a lot of press attention because I mean, again, I can see where this comes from, but again, like in this case, we're talking about an office that she'll have under her purview and that will continue to exist long after Boris is going to be out of office. I like you it. Know? So <laughs> you do. I, I'm not, I don't really quite agree here. Because, I mean, no, not really. Because, of course, but like, I mean, this of, I mean, you can imagine that this, of course, immediately spawned accusation of like nepotism and uh, creating a cult of personality around her. Person, oh you God. Know? I mean, I just guess I don't see it as that serious. I mean, I understand why people it's would. It's serious, but it has. It adds to the pile. Look, of course, the first one to tweet here was who, who, uh, who I else? I just am tired of the right. Okay, of course, you the know? right wing is like they're trying to create a culture. I'm like, you literally mm -hmm. support a dictatorship. Shut the f like actively support a right. dictatorship. Like you actively support a cult of personality. You here. literally actively support that. So why don't you shut the fuck up right. and just like let things take its course? Because I'm sure that this kind of stuff is gonna like parse itself out and if it's not like i'm sure the next lady or man that becomes the person's gonna be like now mine now it's the office of bethany francis <laughs> yeah no but they they actually put this in writing anyway i'm gonna get to that point now what jose antonio castweed oh was, god what have to listen said, to a shit at what point did our republic become a monarchy why does irina caramanos get a cabinet with first and last name no, notice that he didn't say dictatorship right <laughs> <laughs> Why is the state at her service and not at the service of the Chilean people? What a shame, you know. And, you know, I think it's a bit heavy-handed, but okay, point taken, you know. I mean, Why is he allowed to talk? He's not running for president anymore. He's not doing shit. He's like, like he doesn't have a job anymore. Get a job! Bethany, be nice. No. <laughs> now, what I personally found a bit more surprising was a criticism that came from Carlos Carcado, who is a former DA, who was actually in support of Boris during his campaign. Sure. And he said something that was, I thought was interesting. He said, with regards to the issue about Irina Karamanos, the problem is having highly paid consultants who lack preparation and experience that score these own goals. It's important to understand that the state cannot be an employment office, fewer friends, more professional. Now, this, in my opinion, 
is actually even more of a devastating critique because he insinuates that Boric, the Boric administration, administration was handing out consultancy, consultancy contracts to underqualified friends of Boric and the administration. Now, should this turn out to be true? Well, this would be a fallout that would be very hard to handle for the Boris administration, I think. So, yep. And of course, just a day later, the administrative direction of the presidency backpedaled Wrote of course, the whole episode because that's of, as an administrative you, error. They scrapped the resolution and they rebranded. Because that's what you the, do when right. you feel like when somebody yeah. when you think you did something right and somebody's like, "Don't do that," then you admit no. you're wrong and you backpedal. Like okay, that's what so you should do. They rebranded this whole thing like Rebrand to, to uh, the Coordinación Sociocultural de la Presidencia de la República, so Social Cultural Coordination Office of the Presidency of the Republic, which is also a mouthful. Ah, who cares? But look. I mean, I wish I could care was, right now. The thing is, okay, I think the thing is here is just, it was just one of a, of an array of unnecessary fuck ups, you know. Which it's just not really, that important. I just don't care. It is, it is, you know what I mean? Not, but like, it's a, not important, but it's just like if you really put some thought in it, like naming an office after the incumbent is. It's just no. No, it's not. It's uh, no, it's not a good idea. I agree with you, but also there are so many fucking things that are happening there right is, now. But it's just like it just adds up. There've been so many fucking no, missteps. You I know? just don't. Ag- I mean, I just guess I just don't agree. I just feel like there's way more good things that have been happening than bad things. Like I, again, this is happening at the exact same time the Colelco thing is happening, and I feel like it's just the right wing. Not that it's wrong, but I just feel like it's the right wing pandering to like all of this little bitching about stuff. I'm like, bitch about something that's important. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, I agree with you here, and I mean, let's let's be let's be honest. I mean, if this was the other way around, man, like if this was, I I also I also also wouldn't care. The 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 left wing, the left wing would be all over. I mean, the woman that was in charge during Pineda's government, the woman that was in charge of like the female thing. Was like active, like she was ministry of the female thing. The, the ministry of the female thing, because they were. It was like wasn't even female and gender at that time. It was just like the female ministry was like Pinochet's like da- granddaughter, and it's like you're actively again showing us that you support the dictatorship, and you're actively putting somebody in this space that does not respect women is actively voting against women and yeah, their no, rights no, to control their bodies yeah, and like that, but I get that but you also that's important Pineda, but you also had under Pineda for example the, the, these whole little fuck ups like the, the tsunami the maripodo the whole thing with his picture taken in front of the statue at the Plaza Vagetano you remember that yeah, but, which was just like uh, yes. absolute tone deaf but again you were like okay it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter in the scope of things because we got more important but shit it, to deal it with it did yeah. matter because it's a different context because the, the reason why that what is the that, context here okay well here's the thing the reason that mattered was because because that specific site was the site in which people were protesting in order to gain a new constitution, which we were on the road to doing. And so his government decided to lock every single person down, and he walked his ass up there and sat there in the site that is now called Plaza de la Dignidad of the people who have been murdered by his administration there. That is different than some woman being like, I would like my place called Irene blah 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 to be able to like self-describe myself as a human person because so many people don't believe women are human people. Like, I understand why the decision was made. Do I agree with it? It's probably not a great thing to, like, actually do in hindsight, no, but, but they yeah, changed it, you, you, and you it's done. It, but you got to see this in the context of, like, okay, what is trying to, what is, what is trying to accomplish here? He was from the, from the beginning, he was just like, this is not about, like, who's who. I don't want to hire people. But he backpedaled. You know what Pineda didn't do? He didn't apologize. Okay, you gotta, you gotta give him, give him that. But it's just like what I'm trying to say here. It's just like an unnecessary thing, which really plays into uh, the 
line of argumentation that the right wing has right now. It's like, see, it's like they, they were so, like, they were like, so hey, stupid. they said they because they put like, okay, the Bush administration put the bar pretty high in terms of, okay, we're not gonna like corruption's gonna end. We're not gonna allow nepotism, no cronyism, no nothing. And then you have things like, okay, I'm gonna name the office after my girlfriend. Like this is all my girlfriend's gonna name the office after myself. It's sim- after it's, herself. It's after herself, Again, right? Boris did not make that decision. No, he didn't make that decision. Like um, probably not even Irina Karamanos. It was probably somebody from her office. But they were Again, like, okay. because we didn't vote for Irina Karamanos or whatever. Like yep, we we yep, we're yep. now talking this, about the Boris government as if she is actually an important aspect of it, which she's not. No, it's not. But it's again, it's symbolism. You know, and there was this accusation by this by this DA who said, like, look, if it really turns out that there are underqualified consultants in his administration that are actually got the job because they were chummy with Boric, that's going to be. I guarantee out. you. I that hope is, it's not the case. I mean, I just, just I know that that is not the case. Like, I mean, again, you don't have to believe me, but like, again, I'm tired of talking about this. Let's move on. What you got? Okay, I just have like a little snippets here. Um, I just wanted to mention. I think they're important. Um, so a court uh, sentenced last week a priest to 15 years in prison for sexual abuse. So the priest's name was Oscar Munoz, um, and he was sexually abusing minors, and these crimes took place between 2002 and 2008. So evidence established that Munoz was uh, abused five minors, um, but there are also two potential other victims that he was associated with that were not included in the indictment. Um, they demanded a 30-year sentence, but he only got 15 years. He, he, Munoz, has held several senior positions and was a confidant of Santiago's cardinal, Ricardo Isati, who has been accused of covering up sexual abuse cases, which makes sense now in this context. So in 2019, Pope Francis expelled Munoz, who was taken into custody a year earlier. Chile's Catholic Church has been rocked by abuse cases for years, many of which have come to light after 2010 in the wake of Fernando Caradima case, which is like a oh, super, yeah. That's a super big case in uh, of sexual abuse by Catholic people, Catholic priests. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus! Catholic people. Uh, and, whew, ha! I did not mean that uh, in Chile. So that was a little snippet that I thought was important to mention in yep. the news that happened this past week. So yeah, no, not good, not good. No, not good. Uh, no, what you got? What you got? I got a, I got actually pretty. You're so pretty. Big, thank you. I put on product today. No, you didn't. Okay, fine, I didn't. I should not do. In my hair, so I got a actually pretty. It's not like that naturally. It's not a skin. No, it's not. I use product, yeah. So would it lay flat if you didn't put it like it, that? No, it puffs out. Are we keeping that in? Yeah, I want to. I need the, the public needs to know about Lenny. my hair. My hair yes, situation. about your hair. No, okay. Yeah, I, I got like like this. I got like this mushroom head situation when it grows uh, too long. Yeah, you so you look like a giant. Like a giant mushroom. Oh yeah. Okay, yes, keep going. A guy a giant mushroom because this is what you want to say because we have PG thirteen program. People. No, we're not. What the okay. Fuck, are we talking about now? Yeah, that's what. I'm just, oh. that yeah, was my no, phone, this so. is not PG thirteen. Don't let your children listen to this if they speak English. <laughs> so. Um, we, yeah, toddlers maybe. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> so we I'm got not something a parent. That you parent your own quite, way. We got something, I got something that's not quite yet a scandal, but this one actually might develop into a full-blown scandal because there was a recent report by the investigative online platform Interferencia that made some very strong accusation against uh, General Luigi Lopresti, who is the head of the Dipolcar, 
I always read this and I want to say Dipolar, but it's Dipolcar. Thank you very much. Which is? Which is the uh, Dirección de Inteligencia Policial Carabineros. The oh. Police Intelligence Agency. The Carabineros did a bad thing? Yeah. Shock all yep. in gas. But actually, it's now specifically this branch of the Carabineros, which is like the Secret Service of Carabineros, if you will, the Intelligence Agency. Now, let me just do That's a, worse. that quick uh, CMA here. Like... It has to be said that this entire piece, which was interesting to read, but it's based entirely on apocryphal information provided by sources from within the Carabineros that, for obvious reasons, prefer to remain anonymous. And okay. when based on written information... Wait, what do you mean by hypocryphal? Apoc- apocryphal. Not hypocryphal. Apocryphal. Sorry. Oh, I was like, okay, it's okay. It's my weird, my weird pronunciation. Yeah. It's anecdotal. And when it was, the information was also based on some written information, but the author, or the author has also noted that they had to paraphrase any information because of the confidential nature of these materials. Like a so, gag order situation? No, no, no. It's just like some of their sources were just like, okay, we've got some written things, but this is, you know, just like it's not official. So paraphrase it or whatever. So it was an interesting read, but like, you cannot use, like, if, if anything, this article should be a reason to launch an official investigation. Right. But by I mean, no means should it be considered like evidence of anything. You oh, know? sure. So yeah, of course. Get like this out of the way. You should always have an independent investigation and any sort of accusation, right? Yeah, That's called, yeah. you know, Yeah, I mean, sometimes journalists system. do that. Sometimes they have, like, the proof. In this case, they didn't. So uh, yeah, going sure. forward, like, if I don't Either use, way, I feel like if there I should be an independent. If I, if I sometimes forget the, to use the word allegedly. Allegedly. Just we we mean allegedly. It. Just imagine. Uh, yeah, all the lawyers yeah. that are up against us. Exactly. God, we're just so beseeched by hey, lawyers. Hey, dude, uh, Chile today has been hacked before, so not us. Oh, yeah, People like us. Yep, yep. People like us. They find us quite, they just don't take us seriously. <laughs> Who wouldn't take us seriously? Yeah, we're like hard-hitting Hard-hitting journalists. No, but if you want the real journalists who have been hacked, you should go to the chiletoday.cl website. They're way smarter than us. We're just entertaining, and we just like stuff. And we say fuck a lot. We say fuck a lot. Right. (laughs) So, in this piece, the aforementioned General Lopresti is being accused of concerted efforts to systematically undermine the Bodic administration by creating an image of incompetence through basically neglecting his institution's basic duties towards the administration and even actively withholding information from the administration. Well, that's not nice. That is not nice at all. Now, according to the cited sources, Mr. Lopresti and his inner circle are allegedly on the very far right of the spectrum, which I get that. That makes sense. But we're not talking about like uh, Renovación Nacional or UDI, right? Um, a couple of sources actually have said that apparently the prevailing mindset of the people cut is the, the Pinochetism, like really like classic Pinochetism rooted in the 60s and 70s mindset that sees political enemy, enemies just like everywhere, you know? Right, and then like actively saying like, yeah. let's kill the communists and stuff. Well, they didn't go that far in this article, but actually I mean, sure. some of I the mean, sources... If, you, if you're more right than Uri, then... Yeah, what like, is the... just like paranoid. Like, you know, everybody who's not with me is just my enemy, you know, and that that's it. You know, it's just like you, you need to be, yeah, probably got to be like rooted out or whatever. So, and actually some of the cited sources, they said that Lopresti was buying into the so-called dissipated molecular revolution conspiracy, conspiracy theory, what? which was put forward by renowned Chilean neo-Nazi Alexis Lopez. Okay. Which suggests, and you might have heard that before, that the Estallido Social was actually part of a plot to destabilize the country financed by the international left. There you go. Yeah, that's, you know. a million times before. I'm like, the international left, with what money? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> the left, the, have the money. left has no money. Yeah. We have no money. And, I mean, they have no money. Yeah. And they said in this article, they interviewed they interviewed a bunch of carabineros, and they were like, dude, like, no, no, man. This, like, there was no nothing. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, the carabineros no. and so were like, this is bullshit. You know, so. Venezuela, specifically, they aimed at Venezuela. And it's like, Venezuela has their own problems, and they don't give enough shits about you. No, no. it's just, if you know anything about Chile, Chile and their relationship with Venezuela, it just doesn't make any sense. Yep, nope. So, yep, no. based on all that, it's little surprising that Lopresti, it's little surprising that Boric is apparently on top of Lopresti's shit list. Of moral enemies, and I said shit list, not hit list. Yeah, just to be clear I, I, here. I just, all I heard was Boric is on top of him, and that's all yeah, I this heard. This is where you stop listening, of course. Yeah, that's where I stop listening. This is where your fanfic just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I should write a Boric fanfic. It would be no, it would be Boric <laughs> and Giorgio. I'm, you know what? I'm certain that fanfic exists. Oh my yeah. god, did you see that? Oh did my gosh. Okay, memes? pause, pause. Yeah. So when this is this is important. Okay, when Boric was in the yep. U.S., Giorgio, yep. which is like has been his best friend since like university times, like posted a song about because Boric was having beer with Trudeau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was having no, he wasn't in the U.S. He was in Canada. He was having beers with Trudeau like super casual like with his tattoo showing like out of a suit kind of situation and Giorgio like posted a, a like a song like a sad song like you've betrayed me I can't believe you don't love me anymore with the picture of him drinking beers with Trudeau and it like made news headlines yeah. that Giorgio was know, doing he also this. posted that me what was his name of this Mexican singer um this famous me of he, he, him he, hiding like behind a palm tree. What's the name of the singer? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That. And he was it's like pasting the... his face. On. <laughs> it's the meme where like the you know the meme. Even like if you the, don't know the, the singer, it's like guy, the, the jealous bison. guy behind the the, the tree, tree, like watching. Uh, yeah, and it was it's it was so funny. Yep. Best friends. Best friends. Okay, coming back to neo Nazis and conspiracy theories because this which is Giorgio and Boric are not. No, no, they're like seem to be the target of this whole thing. So yeah. So basically, the author of this this report established that Lopresti is a wee bit paranoid, mm. and even buys into like neo-Nazi conspiracy theories. And he's allegedly, in charge. And he's like in charge. In charge That's of fun. the basically intelligence intelligence branch. No of wonder the Boric wants to like overhaul the Carabineros. I mean, yep. for lots of other reasons yep. too. But let's just go start there. Now a bit about the person of Lopresti himself. He was actually one of the officers, which kind of like explains a lot. He was one of the officers in charge of spying on student leaders back in 2011. Among them, Boric Jackson and Vallejos. <laughs> so there you go. That and makes so sense. Eight years later, in late. Can you imagine like being huh? a kid, like? Because yeah. he was a kid, like Boric was a kid. Because he was a yeah. kid back in 2011. Because my fiance went to university with him. My fiance was a child, like, like child. a child, like. And they were just kids. Obviously, Boric is president now, but like they didn't know what the half of the shit that they were doing. Like they were standing up for what they believed in, but they honestly were just—they're just kids. Like leave them alone. They were financed by the international. Left. Oh my god! Trust me, <laughs> they did not get any money. They, like had, they were like, I wish. They were wearing like they were wearing the same underwear for the entire time they were like protesting, like University of Chile. Yeah, man. I've heard stories. So anyway. So yeah, so that guy. So eight years later in 2019. Where's that money? I'd like to be buying my own Shit apartment with my fiance with that money. <laughs> where's my membership from the, Where's Yeah, where's my international left money? So uh, in 2019, Lopesti, he assumed office of the director of the Dipolcar after being actually commended by the government as well as the Carabineros High Command for his apparently successful executed intramarchas. 
which were um, infiltrations by the Carabineros of the protest marches during the Estallido Social. Which a lot of people have been saying is which, a real thing. Which, yeah, which resulted in, no, it, it is a real thing, and it resulted yeah. in multiple arrests, and even though, however, many of these people that were arrested eventually were let go to, due to the lack of evidence. Sure. But not before spending a couple of months in jail before, so that was kind of controversial, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, as for Lopresti's alleged campaign against the Boris and Boric, I want to say Boris, Boris. Boric administration, the article. Boris is our boss. Yeah, it's true, Dad. <laughs> Pay me money. <laughs> Pay me money, Boris. We're volunteers. That is why we have a Patreon. Support us, please. <laughs> we do this out of the love of our hearts and to, like, inform you because we love you. If you don't give a shit about Chilean tips <laughs> or free stuff, at least just support us. <laughs> so, right. When he doesn't have a job. Yeah, running out of... <laughs> Hey, I'm. What do you mean? I'm an entrepreneur. That, He's an entrepreneur. Yeah, We're both actually entrepreneurs. I'm just more successful than you. Yeah, apparently that's the case. <laughs> that hurts, but it's true. So, getting back on track. So, as for Lopez's alleged campaign uh, against the, the the Boris administration, the articles mentioned several things. Hold on to hold on. To hold your on to your hats. Now. now one was withholding critical information during the meetings with the National Intelligence Jesus, Agency, come on. even though, according to the interviewed source. That seemed to be common practice, also under the Piñera administration. They were just like... Just don't. They, were like, they had like pre-meetings before they were meeting up with the intelligence service. They were like, so what, what are we going to tell them this time? No, just don't. Like, I don't no. understand. Like, I don't care if you're right-wing or left-wing. The the police, Secret Service, FBI, whatever you call it, SII, like, you got to yes. share shit. Like, it, this is a, a democracy as far as what we know. And so, like, you just... If no, like don't like if you if you're super against the fact that Boric wants to like rehaul everything, then do your fucking job. Like, ah, anger. So that was one thing. Even though Boric wasn't the first victim of this, uh, let's say omission. This, right, like because the, the Pinera, like I said, like Pinera government, yeah, right wing. Yeah, you should yeah, still yeah. be telling him the whole thing yeah, because you. Like, yeah, no, we're not going to tell. Yeah, we're him not going to tell him about all the people we raped. The other thing is the allegedly. <laughs> Oh, God. The other thing is um, the suspension of the nightly patrols around the president's residence, which really rolls off the tongue nicely, by Dipolcar uh, officials. Now, the, like Boric's residence. Yeah, now, okay, we got to put this in context. Not that they didn't have police protection at all. There are, like, let's say, uh, foot soldiers, quote unquote, carabineros, guarding those, but apparently what they did, people from the, uh, from the Dipolcar, uh, let's say, branch, came by, checked up, what's going on, and so on and so forth. This has been like an unofficial, uh, unofficial practice during the last couple of administration, which includes Pineda and Bachelet. But as of March, they were just like, no, nah, we're not going to do this any longer. So, Jesus, yeah. and that is like, uh, that's not good, especially with Boric, because Boric lives in the barrios yeah. like he lives in barrio Yungay, which is a great place to like go and yeah. visit and like you i have a lot of friends that a lot of his constituents actually live there. no that, i mean that's true but yeah. like it's not uh like a place in which you would say is like super protected just in general like there's not police walking around the streets all the time barrio Yungay. this is not luanachea this is the the center of the yep, city yep and actually in this context it really stands out that you know um, Boric has actually suffered more security breaches than any other administration uh, since the return to democracy. They listed two Which examples. They said this year on May 14th. Like six months. Yeah. Yeah, six months. And they months. said they, they listed two. I don't really have the numbers here, but they said they mentioned two examples. He got something thrown at him. 
on May 14th, one person from, actually that was actually, I didn't know about that, one person from Boric's security detail was abducted in San Miguel. Oh my got God. Got shot in the right arm. Oh and then my was God. dumped in Colina, which is like 30 kilometers away. Oh my God. That happened. I had no idea that that happened. And just a few days later, there was actually a shootout only a few blocks away from Boric's house, which resulted in one dead and two, two, uh, two wounded. So... Uh, I mean, it is Barry Yungai. It is Barry Yungai still, right? But they were just I like, mean, I love Barry Yungai. Like if, if the president lives there, you got to have a person. Some of my best friends love Barry Yungai. <laughs> oh, which is not a joke. <laughs> which is actually not a joke. I mean, it is a joke. But I yeah. lo- like I lived a block away from Barry Yungai for a long time. It's a great place. Um, probably not the greatest place to live if you're the president of a country. Yeah. But there's a reason he wanted to live there, because he wanted to live of the people. Yeah. And also, like... But he's just no stranger to like putting his like neck on the line for the greater good. Like yeah, that's so what he's it, always been doing. Right. But the thing is, just like if the president if the president lives there, you gotta have a security. You have there. to. I mean, yeah, and I'm not making be an more excuse. Than one or two it's blocks, just, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. No, I mean, um, and then it, it always reminds me, just like anecdotally, of like, um, how Boric has always handled these kinds of situations because he's always been very aware of people's right to um hate him like no i mean like that's the the thing like do you remember like when he refused to vote with his party Mm -hmm. he was sitting in um in the park he was sitting there like with his friends and people came up to him and just started pouring beer and like and soda and on his head he was just sitting there he just let them he just let them pour and it was just it was one of those moments where you were just like Imagine you being that person, and you're just sitting there letting, and they were screaming at him and calling him like Amarillo and like all these different kinds of really horrible names. You just like sat there and you just like took it, and it's like, you know what? Like there's something very interesting, and I'm not quite sure if I have the words for it, but about a person with the type of patience and temperament to to feel like these people still have the right to be angry at me yep, for this decision point. that I made. Yep. Like and he didn't get up and like scream at them or lose a shit he didn't lose a shit at all and it's and you know I didn't agree with him with that specific decision that he made either but it was just like really like I don't know impresionante yeah. that yeah. moment yeah and I mean like I think what a lot of people don't see that are not part of the political day to day is just like there's so much horse trading going on. Oh yeah. Like you don't even. You know, I have no clue. Like he probably. I wouldn't be surprised that a lot of his decision that he made were probably like, I don't want this, but I have to because. Oh if yeah, I don't like do this. Then like the first days in his, I mean, there was an, a a real shift from like when he was in the primaries, to when he started running like legit running for president against Cast. He did not address a lot of security issues because he knew during his primaries that he would have to then talk about working with the Carabineros. Yeah. And so there was a shift when he started running for president, like, directly as far as, like, him being up against Cass, that he knew he had to start addressing security issues and and talking with and working with the Carabineros. Yeah, back on topic, because we're getting... Yeah, oh, yeah. So let's, let's go back to those little negligence, uh, like, omissions, crimes of omissions here. So um, well, this is another one that was interesting. In the beginning of 2022, there were actually hints that... Um, the student protests were about to flare up again, um, you know, after months and years of like homeschooling. Sure. But apparently, Lopresti decided to withhold this information from the government, and in the end, it was 
not as bad as some people might have suggested. In the end, it was just only four schools of like 4,000 or whatever that actually went ahead with the occupation of the school grounds. But the image that stuck with the public was was one of chaos and insecurity and the government being not being able to handle things, you know. And people were just like, no, I'm just not going to give their government I mean, there's political, there's, yeah. there's political reasons. And a very yeah. similar thing actually happened on June 1st, not too long ago, because within the context of Boric's State of the Nation speech, the Dipolkartli decided to classify the accompanying protests, which everybody was like, "That's going to be protests because Obviously. it's a state of the nation, uh, state, state of the nation speak." They, they, he decided to classify it as low risk, even though according to some sources in the article, it was absolutely foreseeable that this was going to be everything but low risk. I mean, typically so, in yeah. Chile, those types of speeches are not. Yeah, yeah, and he was just like, "No, no, low risk," and as a consequence, there was barely any riot police on the streets and you know as you could have foreseen this whole thing turned violent like shops were looted and carabineros got hurt enough that they had to be admitted to hospitals and actually for this act of negligence the depot got actually received a lot of shit from other units within the carabineros which like you didn't tell us yeah you and you us. know what i'm glad that that backfired because wh whatever you think about the carabineros because trust me i probably agree with you they're still workers Right. And they still deserve to be protected by the person that's supposed to be protecting them. Like, they're definitely more protected than the civilians. Like, absolutely, 100%. Like, the civilians still should have the priority there of mm -hmm. protection. But they're still workers. They're still people trying to just, like, live their f lives. And they're not collateral damage to your political agenda. Like, those individual people. Yeah. Like, you don't, don't. Like, people yeah. aren't people. Period. Yeah, are no, not no, collateral no. damage to your political no, agenda. Presti, they say, like, Presti was actually saying, like, Boric is my moral enemy. Like, I gotta take him down. Like, that, that, that was... that, you don't get to do that and, like, run the, the thing yeah, that Boric is supposed to be in charge of. Like, you just, you can't, no, stop. Yeah. So, some sources also accused Lopresti of not only only withholding information, but submitting said information to the opposition, opposition instead of the government or even the Carabineros High Command. And uh, they said, like, on, on April 13th, the Republican Party confronted Minister of the Interior, Iskia Sitges, with a report on uh, 3,500 violent incidents in the Araucania region during the last years. And the government was just like, where'd you get that from? Yeah. And it's suspected that this report was actually leaked to them, to the opposition, to the Republican Party. By so the who, so who, who can fire this guy? Is Boris to fire this guy? Oh, actually, so... November last year, the general Ricardo Yanez, who's like the big boss of the Carabineros, he was actually about to remove Lopresti from his office because it turned out that Lopresti uh, skipped the chain of command by sending reports directly to the presidency. That was when Pineda was still in charge. And um, He just sounds like a corrupt piece of shit he like just, not not even like, like he has his own moral agenda just like you, know, you don't you don't know like i don't like again if you're against being and you're against like no like stop because security is a, a huge problem in chile right now that we're trying to solve listen yep. to our Araucania episode yep. but we no we no neo-nazi fascists <laughs> no. <laughs> no so ricardo yanis was kind of like this can't be happening you can't be just skipping the chain of command here it's like this has got to go through me you can't just send this off directly to the president he was about to just destitute and what happened and, and what happened tell me what happened tell me what happened well you want well, to tune in next seat. time <laughs> <laughs> to be continued yeah, to no be no continued. no no what happened was uh turns out that lopresti was actually pretty chummy with then undersecretary of the interior juan eduardo gai what was his name yeah and juan francisco gai 
and oh Juan Francisco God. guy was just like, nah, that ain't gonna happen. And, and we were just listened. talking about how Irina, Irina was having like problems, and that was a big deal, and this shit's going down yeah, with the past administration. And he was actually, this is my point, bitches. This not, is my point. And not only that guy, that he even got uh, then interior minister Rodrigo Delgado on board, and they were just like, nope, that guy's besties, besties, BFF. Yeah. We have bracelets. Yeah, I don't even know what happened there, so it was kind of weird. So now. Within the Deepakar, it's apparently an open secret that Lopresti has a an, chip. Uh, an open secret. An open secret that Lopresti has a chip on his shoulder when it comes to Ricardo Yanez, you know, big boss of the Carabineros, because ever since the start of the Polish administration, <sighs> Yanez has tried to maintain a good relationship with the Moneda, which, you know, I think goes to show. I mean, hey, like, again, that's right. the whole point, right? Like, let's have talks and work together. Yep. That's why the Clubelical shit and only also, lasted a day. And also, and I think it was an interest, interesting point, because Yanez also know what side is bread is buttered on because they were like okay he knows that ever since the the center left as they put it in the article which was i thought interesting because that was the first time that an article actually called this administration center, center left, left like, instead okay. of extreme left <laughs> yeah yeah that Beep, was boop, so he was like he knows that this administration kind of calmed down the whole the never-ending protests in the street and yeah. gave the carabineros a breather so in a way ricardo Nianes was kind of like thankful for that and so yet I this other guy is putting the the carabineros in direct risk yeah, of he, those protests that's not okay he doesn't like that yanez and borish are getting too chummy so like you know okay so how do we fire this guy so, lenny I, tell us how do we do it well <laughs> you're german you're I'm good at like taking over things that <laughs> you're not supposed to take over tell me how like we do this it. podcast get out of here <laughs> everybody get out of here get <laughs> out of here well i think i'm walking here i'm walking here i think it's inevitable about after this um report came out i think an internal investigation is inevitable and reactions didn't wait long i mean after this whole thing was published, like the Socialist Party already demanded an exhaustive investigation into this matter, as well as uh, Jorge Baralit, a writer you might have heard of. Yes. Uh, Patricia but Politzer from the Independent Non-Neutral Party. I don't know if that's a party or just a political movement, but whatever. The group she's affiliated with, she requested an official statement from the head of the Carabineros, Ricardo Nianis, and there were like a bunch more that I just don't even want to mention. They were like, okay, somebody needs to shed light on this shit because this can't be happening. So that's what I meant. I mean, everything you read in this article was just apocryphal. It was just like, okay, he said, she said, but let's look into that. Not apocryphal. Let's. We would say, like, anecdotal. anecdotal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It sounds like you're saying hypocryphal, <laughs> which is not what you're trying to say. <laughs> Hypocritical. Yeah. Um, anyway. No, yeah. Anyway, anecdotal. So it was anecdotal. It was mostly anecdotal. So, um, We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Grain of salt, everybody. Uh, but... Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 keep you updated here. Yep. T- tune in next time too. Um, we're gonna try to do more of these news episodes in the future, just to make sure like you're getting you're getting because you're, your you're getting your news. You are news in it. You newsies. Okay, so for lighthearted news, we like to end on some lighthearted stuff. So there's a Chilean quote ice mermaid who set two open water records. So it's a Chilean psychologist and swimmer, Barbara Hernandez. And she's also known as the Ice Mermaid, recently announced that she had two world records for a death-defying swim in February. So on June 14th, Hernandez received formal recognition from Guinness World Records for the fastest mile swam through the Drake Passage, which she covered in 15 minutes and 3 seconds. The World Open Water Swimming Association also named her as the first person to swim three nautical miles, which is 5,500 meters, through the passage. She completed this feat in 55 minutes and 17 seconds. The Drake Passage extends from Cape Horn in South America's southernmost tip to Antarctica's South Shetland Islands. So cold is what we're trying to say. Cold. That's why she's the ice mermaid. 
Right. The pass is known for its current currents at the latitude that meets no resistance from any landmass. Um, so this this plus near freezing temperatures makes sailing, let alone swimming, a serious challenge. It's very cold, is what she says. It's around seven or eight degrees Celsius. <laughs> so that's what she said. So to ensure Hernandez's safety, the Chilean Navy monitored her throughout the, her swim. Oh, they have a job. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. However, to achieve her record, she was not allowed to receive assistance, not allowed to stop to rest, and not permitted to wear a wetsuit. So she had to just be, what? like, swimsuiting it we up. Should. Yeah, in cold ass <laughs> shit. How is she not dead? Good, she's a superhero. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to arm wrestle her. Like, <laughs> no, not just like the Fucking with hell. that, just like her skin yeah, and too. her blood, whatever. The ice moon. Um, so she told uh, Reuters that the achievement has been an opportunity to show Chilean waters to the entire world and shed light on climate change, which like makes my heart smile. Yeah. Uh, this achievement adds to her resume. As in 2020, she was awarded the World Open Water Swimming Woman of the Year. Is that a thing? Apparently, the world open water swimming woman. I mean, open water is apparently a thing, yeah, and she's and mean, she's Chilean, and it's amazing, and she's a badass. So there you go, Beep, right right Okay, what you got? Happiness. Yeah, you got I, happiness I, for us. I got something a bit weird. So oh, there's weird, this thing. There's this organization called Bosque Adentro. Okay. Who understands itself as an organization of, and I quote, ancestral masters and witches. And they okay. have leveled strong accusations against the councilwoman of the Bio Bio region, Javiera Vargas, for not holding up her end of the bargain that they made. What? Because according to the organization, they executed a magic ritual for Ms. Vargas back in two, two, 2021, which eventually, according to them, led to her being elected into the office of regional council. And in return, Ms. Vargas promised the organization that as a councilwoman, she would create foundation that would foster their growth as spiritual entrepreneurs. I'm quoting again. But apparently she has been dodging them, rescheduling meetings after meetings at Nabosca Dentro. And but like she like actively was like, yeah, sure, at the beginning. At the beginning, she was okay. like, yeah, I'll do that. Now she's like dodging them and Bosca yeah, Dentro, which is like, I nice. got enough. And they involved the PDI to report her for breach of contract. Now. Crazy shit aside, uh, hey, you make a deal. Yeah, you should follow through. You, you I don't think it, the man. breach of contract thing is gonna fly, but however, like, just yeah. be nice. Like, like, no wonder people don't don't trust politicians anymore if the shit keeps. Yeah, if you're like getting in, 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 getting in with some like witches, I mean, they, I mean, I don't necessarily believe in witches, but if something happens, maybe it was witchy. I don't know. Like, just be nice to people. Like, say witchy. you're gonna follow through with some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just don't, don't, don't open portals to another dimension or anything. I mean, come on. We've all seen Multiverse of Madness, or should have Lenny. Is it streaming now, isn't it? It is on Disney Plus. But not for free, is it? No. Uh, yes, is on it? Disney Plus. Oh no, but sometimes Disney Plus has like an no, additional no, no, paywall. No, no, I mean, I don't know. Like, this is not an advertisement. We are not getting paid by Disney Plus. Follow us on no, Patreon. No, we're paying Disney Plus. <laughs> oh yeah, all of us are paying. Please follow us on Patreon. Pay for a Disney Plus subscription. So uh, that's really cool. I mean, like, that's really weird, but that's really cool. <laughs> I like my Ice Mermaid thing better, if I'm going to say. Yeah, no, I think your Ice Mermaid was just unbeatable here. Yeah, I know. So anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to our news episode. We're going to try to do, like, news episodes every once in a while because there's a lot of things happening in Chile these days with the Constitution and, like, the change of government. And so we enjoy doing them. I hope you enjoy listening to them. And uh, when in doubt, go out. Bye. Bye. Bye.
The Chile Today podcast is hosted by Lennart Kluge and Bethany Francis and produced by Diego Pinguino Rivera. For more information on the news topics you heard today, check out chiletoday.cl.